That's BB-8 from the new Star Wars. <laughs> oh, the thing is. Hello, you're listening to KAOP AM 1045. This is Accents on Purpose. I'm Danny. I'm Joseph. And we are back with season two. Season two. We've been renewed. Yep. Uh, Long time listeners have noticed that we were off for a couple of months or so. Yeah. Negotiating contracts. And Gary got lost in Discovery Park. So that was kind <laughs> got of. Got lost funny. in Discovery Park? Yeah, Discovery Park. At Discovery Park. Uh, Discovery Park's a nice park. Yeah. No, what do you think, if you t- if you walk through Discovery Park, do you consider that a hike? Um, it depends on what path you take. The, the no, long, the big one. I really? would say. Wait, you said it depends, but no. Yeah, <laughs> it depends on whether or not I think that. <laughs> I say, say no. It's like over a mile. You walk through grass. Who were you trying to convince that you hiked? That's what I want to know. Is someone, someone? What? Um, I went hiking. I, I go hiking all the time. Yeah, I mean I know, but I went to the top of Proof Park. Point. Oh, that's a great place. <laughs> it is great. Tiger Mountain. I took Tiger Mountain. By force. Yes. Uh, okay, uh, so we're back. Uh, Joseph, how are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm doing really great. I'm so happy to be back. Uh, terrible amounts of time off. I did not like it. But look at us. We're back. Back. I know. I had to go on unemployment. Yeah, two peas in a podcast right over here. Look at us. Uh, I have two goals this year. I want to usurp cereal as the uh, number one podcast of the year. And I want Does to that mean you're going to murder me? Yeah, and then solve and it. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> yeah, murder me yeah. and then try to get people to try to solve it. Yeah, and then I want to uh, get a Kickstarter going to bring back uh, Fruitopia because I really miss that. Hmm. Oof. Dry that dry mouth feeling. The dry mouth feeling with a. I don't think I ever flavor. bought any. I don't even think I got one. Really? I don't think I ever tried one. I just missed those vending machines that were all okay. for Utopia. Uh, I was more of a OK Cola guy. That's not true. Yeah, I know. It's we not true about that. Yeah, I, I when I was younger, uh, I did go to Boston when I was like fifteen to spend it with my brother, and they yeah. had OK Cola up there. Yeah. And I was amazed because I'd just gotten into Daniel Klaus, uh, mm, yeah. his comics, and he drew. And I was really confused. I was like, wait, he makes these weird comics about like. People dressed as Elvis fucking people. Like, why is he, his artwork on cans of cola? For anyone interested in what OK Cola is, there's a great article in, in the, the Believer. In the Believer, yeah, yeah, about it. It's it's fantastic, and about why that artist uh, worked started working for Coca Cola. Right, no one's listening to us talk about uh, pop. I'm not so sure about that, but okay, let's continue. They're gonna make a soda joke. <laughs> uh, our guest this week uh, to kick off season two is uh, Seattle's hottest man. Oh, so hot right now. Uh, man, they're hot. It's winter, but they're hot. Uh, Nebraska whiskey. <laughs> Nebraska. Waxy Estonia? Is that what you're talking about? We were looking at the dots earlier. Uh, New XIs. If you folks want to introduce yourself individually, (laughs) or just tell them you're New XIs. I'm I'm Tyler. I play guitar in the band. I'm Will, and I also play guitar in the band. Crazy. I'm Brett, and I play guitar in the band. (laughs) I'm Jordan, I play guitar. Uh, half of that is true. Uh, so, you know, we opened up the set, or we opened up the sh- uh, today's episode playing one of your songs. Yeah. Uh, but it's not easy to describe the way that you folks sound to other people. You use uh, a lot of, like, I would say hip-hop influences, electronic influences, but then also it seems like you're trying to make new sounds. And also, your songs don't, it's mostly instrumental, unless there's a guest, and you don't, like, follow, a, you know, any sort of, like, traditional song structure. Is all of this correct? 
Kind of, yeah. Um, well, we sort of build everything from zero, so... So, Brett. <laughs> yeah. 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 Whoa. That was good. Yeah. That was good. Uh, I think we um, like to uh, focus on themes, uh, recur- reoccurring themes. Okay, so. well, you know, let, me, let, me, let me take this back a little bit. Okay, so I know that it's, you know, your two stars is like a two-piece, and then you had a three, then four. In the beginning, was it, let's try to make something that sounds very different, or did it just kind of happen? Like, you're just like, let's play music together, and then you just started channeling each other. Uh, it's never you. been. I don't think we've ever had an objective okay. to sound, um, to sound. We, we want to we explore new s- sounds, and, and, and when we find a sonic fragment or something like that that feels compelling, that feels like something we haven't heard before, then we pursue that. But I don't think... It, we ever started from a place of we want to we want to be we want to invent a genre or that right. we want to um, sort of forego g- genre constrictions or anything. I think it's just that's our natural inclination. Yeah, uh, can you like a lot of times I actually have a hard time describing music to other people who haven't heard it, like a specific band. Why is that funny? I don't know. I don't know their guitars, but I don't even know what they sound like. Because, no, because a lot of times, like, okay, if you're, like, a shitty derivative band, or even a good derivative band, it's easy. It's like, oh, yeah. it's, it, it, you know, it sounds like, you know, Devo and the Misfits, or, you know, something like that. Like, like it, you can, those bands are easy to describe, but then I, I, that I like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, when I describe you guys, instead of trying to decide... Uh, describe the sound. I kind of describe like the feeling, and I kind of compare you in a weird way to like craft work, because those guys spent like long periods of time trying to construct songs, and like they seem to be coming at music with um, like an idea of like, well, let's make something that doesn't sound like what other people have done. Hmm. Uh, and so I was like, they don't sound like craft work. But I feel that the ideal. It's, it's like it's like similar in like you know you have I guess also because it's like four guys but you have these like four guys who are like you know working and working and then you know occasionally they go in front of an audience and like kind of present that work. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think at the beginning, before we started really like honing in on our songs, maybe like the comparisons were a little harder to to make. But I think more recently, people have been picking up on like those influences that creep into our music. Uh, like the other week somebody referenced One Tricks Point Never just somebody that like we listen to a lot and respect his music a lot so it's cool to see like those those little comparisons that people can make um, Mm -hmm. and that those influences while not like directly obvious are there enough that they kind of come through what would you say are your influences obviously you don't you're, you're not a derivative band but what what sort of inspires you Besides Devo and the Misfits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we come from, all, uh, you know, very different places as in individuals and as artists. Um, you know, what inspires me and, like, what I listen to or what is creatively compelling at any given moment. I think it's probably very different from any of these guys. Um, yeah, we all listen to vastly different um, kinds of music. There's a lot of overlap, of course, too, sure. and we share a lot of, um, of interests, and we go to a lot of shows together and, and, and all that, so there's definitely overlap, but I think um, everybody brings some pretty seriously different um, influence to the ta- influences to the table, and I think just in general, we're just, we just are, find ourselves 
bored. We often <laughs> arrive at we arrive at places that sound pretty conventional, that um, that maybe would be pretty easy to discern where it's coming from, and then. I think after that, once we work with that for a while, it just it becomes boring, and we just want to we want to inject a layer of of craziness, or we want to subvert it somehow, or or flip it yeah. or something, and that's generally how we get to where we. Seems end like up. there's like a kind of a perpetual challenge to ourselves to like sort of like if something gets too far into a territory that's recognizable. I think we are constantly trying to challenge ourselves to like, you know, flip that or see where else that, we can take it. That could be our <clears throat> mission statement, if you will. Really, <laughs> you know, you guys incorporating. <laughs> you know, it, you know, it's to, to uh, you know, often in the songwriting process, we um, will, as we're building a song, we we get to a place. Uh, where we all we all want it to go in a certain place, and then we take a couple minutes and we realize that we want it to go there because it's the obvious place. So we're absolutely not going to go there. Yeah. And instead, mm-hmm. we're going to do something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so did, did, did you ever write a song and then decide to do the entire opposite of everything you've just written, or or do you <laughs> avoid it altogether? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't feel like we. Uh, have seriously constructed a song that isn't a working piece in our repertoire. Like we, mm-hmm. we don't do a lot of throwaway work. Um, it, even if uh, we come up with some ideas that don't end up being together, we definitely incorporate them in a piece. Like we, we don't, have none of where the first sample could have been from four years ago. Oh yeah. wow! You, you know. So, so, okay, yeah, one thing I wanted to get to is now, how long, you guys have been a band for what, about four or five years? Three? About three years. Three? Three years. Three years. Yeah. Okay, on the longer <laughs> end of three. Yeah. Uh, and you've released a single, and you're working on an album. Do you feel that your writing, pay, like the pace of your writing out, like went faster than the pace of your recording? Like, do you kind of wish that maybe there's some stuff that... You don't want to put on this album, but you're like, oh, geez, I wish that we would have like recorded that and like got it out because like you've just kept you've moved past it. And yeah, so that's it's, what's so hard about. It. I mean, it, things just take so long. Like this, you know, like a making a full length record or like just a full artistic statement of any kind. This it, it takes so long to do it that there just is always a gap between like where we are creatively mm-hmm. and what our output is. So like now, you know, we've been working on this. I mean, this record is contains material some of it's you know two or three years old some of it we've been developing in different iterations that entire time some of it's brand new but some of it's a couple weeks old yeah we're actually we we to that point we after we thought that the record was done <clears throat> we started working on new material and we started kind of letting ourselves get loose and then we kind of kicked out a new song and performed it last weekend and the, uh, the guy who's producing our record, Randall Dunn, um, he was at the show and decided that the song has to be on the record. Yeah, he's so, just like, uh, oh, dudes, you got to bring all your shit in on Monday yeah. morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool, though. That's so great. Feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Like an hours-long text message crisis about whether or not we were going to go through with it. Yeah. It's also a bit stressful, yeah. Yeah, yeah stressful. the song wasn't, we, we weren't even thinking about the song being done. In any capacity. Well, we thought the record was done. And we yeah. thought the record was yeah. done. Yeah. Ah, so yeah. it totally flipped on us. So now we're gonna have a song that's that's really hot off the 
Yeah. Hottest band, hot song. Hot song. <laughs> so, it's a great song. No, with, with with the when you recorded the single, it was kind of like you guys did it like in a marathon session, right? Yeah. And like I mean, you almost you know killed yourself. Yeah, like nine a.m. Oh, yeah. to six a.m. the next day, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And then we went back in because we weren't happy with it okay. <laughs> for another day. Of, oh, okay. Of like ten a.m. to three a.m. or something. So, like, how like Two how songs. hard is it for you to just be like, okay, it's done? Like, how hard is it for you to it's let really go? Hard. For me, it's very hard. For him, it's really hard. Yeah, Dis- disconnecting and like, mm-hmm. you know, letting go of stuff is very very hard for me. That was the big strength of working <laughs> with Randall. Uh, was that Randall tamed Will? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, his 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 whole approach was, you know. Like, let's get levels. You know, yeah. do the song, let's get levels. Yeah. And then we do it, and he's like, okay, we recorded that. <laughs> so let's, wow. do it. He, let's do it one more time. And then we do it one more time, and then all of us are like, okay, I think we could plug in here. And he's like, nope, next song. Yeah, you know, he just. punched it, and it's like done. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the only way we're. We, he, he's, he's obviously extremely intuitive. Um, He's been doing it for so long that he, the way that he describes it is that he's worked with so many different bands that have so many different styles, and there's all these time constraints, money constraints that you get really good, I guess, at at sort of when people come into you, identifying their their playing styles, identifying their neuroses, all the weird shit. Looking at bread. Neuroses, because <laughs> we all have a whole shitload of those. Absolutely. Um, yeah, probably, yeah. And then and then and then basically coming up with an internal game plan that we don't know anything about, about how to make sure that that we're doing the best work as fast as possible with a minimum of sort of infighting and consternation and all that shit that we would otherwise, which is what made two songs take like a year. That's, that's, that's why when, when doing something like, you know, quote unquote self um, produced and self published, yeah. Um, that's why it was so grueling for us is because, you know, letting go and make, especially also because it was our first statement, mm-hmm. you know, we wanted it to be perfect. Yeah. And of course, you know, listening back on both of those songs, uh, I mean, I love them both and I think they're really strong. Um, but there's also a, a million new things I would do with them, mm-hmm. you know, I, and that evolution never changes, or like never stops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so how was uh, you know what was your initial contact with Randall and like how was, I mean because having someone come in and you know record you and like make decisions like he made they, you must have gotten comfortable with him. It also seems like people at least on there was that disco dropping video where people seemed excited that you personally like your band was working with Randall them as well. Mm-hmm. So it must have been a cool experience. I, th- yeah, I think he amazing. first approached us at. Hypnoticon, but yeah. he had had a relationship with uh, like the Midday Veil vale guys and working on their record and some other people that we know. Yeah. So he was already sort of aware of what we were doing, but I think the first time he saw us live was at Hypnoticon. Yeah, Master, um, his band Master Musicians of Bukake, um, played on the main stage, and we we were playing in the Musicquarium Lounge. I don't know if you've ever seen a show there. At the Triple Door. At the Triple Door. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, they had played, and we were the very last band of the entire festival of the two-day <laughs> festival. So it was like just like eleven or midnight or something. Yeah. yeah. And um, and I guess Randall was hanging out, and um, I'm roommates with the, with um, Emily and David from from Midday Vale, and so they uh, so Emily sort of kind of was my 
was my champion and would champion our band. And then, um, and then Randall approached us pretty quickly after and just said that he wanted to cut a record. And that Did, was, that was yeah, it. but I mean, but Middeville's. He's done their last two records. Last two records. Yeah. But being approached by someone is different than you know trusting their decision making <laughs> process. I guess that's what I or kind his, of meant. I think our, his pedigree okay. yeah. kind of spoke yeah, for itself. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's done some of like yeah. I think. I mean, certainly my favorite records like of all yeah. time yeah. that I grew up listening to. You think out. you think Gary's can find uh, a Midday Vale track that oh, Randall yeah. has produced? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, off the new record. All right, Gary, spin it. of bands we want in the list of bands Joseph won't allow. And Midday Vale is one I know. Can we, can we erase that? Uh, that's a secret and I will never tell you. Although uh, I think you know why. It's beard envy. You yeah. can't grow facial hair. <laughs> I can grow facial hair. It's just awful and I can't, like, there's a there's an empty spot right under here. Like, I, I refer to that as can't grow facial hair. Yeah. <laughs> if you, know if you can fair. physically do it when yeah. it's awful. Yeah, that's fair. Well, uh, David is is thousands of years old. <laughs> so that helps. Yeah. Uh, so back to your uh, your single, your your twelve inch single, your first release. You named one of the songs Assange, correct? Uh, is it true that the reason you did that was because you thought he'd hear about it and tweet about your band? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he never did. So, no. yeah, or is that just like, a rumor I made up right now? <laughs> yeah, no. We, uh, I think it's the first one. We were looking online, and, and um, Assange. <clears throat> Julian a lot Assange. of Twitter followers. He, yeah. he, he posted a whole bunch of like digital hardcore stuff, <laughs> um, and some like Romley and some Merzbau. So um, so we figured, yeah, he'd probably be pretty. Recycled. That would be a really so, weird PR move for bands to just name all their songs after famous well, people. Well, on the, going on. the yeah, new yeah. record, there's a song called Snowden. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh wow. And isn't and church and church church, church is also is a more obscure whistleblower. <clears throat> oh. dude. Yeah, it's a whistleblower from the uh, the nineteen fifties. I want to say Tuskegee. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of blew the lid off that thing. Yeah, it seemed like, or he was he, he was in, on some sort of government. So you guys like whistleblowers? <laughs> you're saying we we were really well, fascinated with that for for a time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, just like <clears throat> subverting systems. You know, like, once again, it is like kind of a, a overarching theme. So, uh, just as like we like to do what wouldn't be expected and would cut out everything that is expected, that same same kind of subversion on all levels. I think there's there's some kind of uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, inspiration uh, that we draw from you know all forms of that. Mm-hmm. So. So on your new record, you're gonna have some vocals, 
Uh, how did the decision come to do that since you don't normally have vocalists? Everyone well, <laughs> is pretty uh, funny. We, uh, so my, f- our, our friend Hannah Ben, who I went to Cornish with, she studied composition there and she's a wonderful vocalist, composer. She's really amazing. Um, her and I, well, we, we were friends a few years. We've collaborated on a few different projects. Um, she, re- she really likes New Exiles, and we just had been talking about doing a collaboration for a while. And um, so when, it, when we started getting really in, heavy into developing the record, it felt like a good opportunity to pursue a, a collaboration with her. So we, we just kind of knew that we wanted her on the record in some capacity. Um, we had flirted with, you know, having her, uh, fully collaborate on a song or, I don't know, there are, there are a few different ideas floating around about how to do that. We just knew we wanted to work with her and have her on the record. So, um, but what it it ended up being, I mean, mostly due to like, she was like moving and we were her, she was neck deep in this other project. Was closing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And but she had like four or five days before she was out of town yeah. by the time we actually recorded with her. So what we decided <laughs> that since we didn't really have time to do like a, you know, to move in together and start developing material <laughs> yeah. from scratch mm-hmm. uh, with her just because of time, um, we ended up just, uh, we recorded a series of improvisations of her doing solo vocals um so was she listening to the music or just no No. oh wow well i had her i wanted her to we hadn't recorded (laughs) so wait so you asked someone to sing along to one of your songs before you recorded it no we did it we had her do a series of solo takes uh that were i asked her to improvise based on the material from assange um so she kind of um and we allowed her to, you know, I told her to be as, as inventive as she kind of pleased and just make it her track, mm-hmm. her solo. She um, had a, a, like a, a basically vocal harmonizer box slash looper. So, um, so it was her voice untreated in combination with, um, with this harmonizer that would, that would basically create chords for her voice and then she could loop oh. that. So, and then it's, and then we, um, we rented a space for a day which is um, down in Soto. It's called Black Space Labs, and it's um, Eric Blood's studio. Mm. Um, and he has this big, huge cavernous sort of space. Foy- I, you could call it a foyer, but it's more of just like a big industrial brick-walled room. We knew we wanted it to be really big and reverby, mm. so we rented a PA, set that up, and then sat her down in there, oh, and wow. then basically just hit play and left the room um, yeah. for a while, and it's just this huge, booming reflective kind of sound that, that we love. I think the initial idea was for her, so we, the initial idea was to record her doing solo vocals and then we were going to take that material and sort of like chop it up and sample it and then develop a piece on our own without her yeah. as a way to, to collaborate. Um, but actually... She nailed it. She fucking killed it so hard that we just ended up That's pretty nice. Preserving. That must have been cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's mostly just going to be her <clears throat> Yeah. Um, with a little bit of she, she's not on every song. No, no, just no. that. Just that one. Just that. There are a few moments where we kind of tease at what her uh, moment in the record is going to be throughout yeah. the album, and yeah. then 
like musical that. themes matching like some of her vocals or yeah yeah her voice like kind of comes in and out over like um, layers of the song it's kind of so a, cool. it's kind of a centerpiece of the record it, it splits mm-hmm. the record in half so if we're thinking I mean we're thinking about it sort of, we've always sort of been thinking about it as an LP yeah um, just in that context so it was it's gonna probably be the the end of side A mm-hmm. and this kind of palate cleanser yeah. I mean that, I mean just you know get off topic a little bit one of the things I liked uh, when music was recorded in for to be intended to be released on LP, it's a lot of times bands would think about that. It's like, okay, we have two sides, and it yeah. sometimes like it may, like makes it sound like better, like even when it, you listen to it all the way through. And now I think you know not as many people think that way. It's, it's kind of because we're yeah, very careful. We, yeah, we think, were, thinking the idea of sides is it it's fun. Like, I think it's fun. Yeah. as like a consumer of music, it's like fun. I think yeah. it's people who like we all collect records pretty, you know, like all the time, but. I Except well, Will doesn't. Way to go. Um, <laughs> but like, it's such a rewarding experience when you're like listening to a record and you maybe know it in the context of listening to it digitally, and then you like put it on, and then maybe the last side has like a lock groove, and you forgot that you were like playing this record, and then you realize that this thing has been going for like the last like forty five minutes. Yeah. And and also to to see like like the. Uh, the momentum of the songs in correspondence with the sides. So for this, you know, this record is coming in at right about an hour long. Oh, so, wow. Um, so if it is put to, to vinyl, yeah. then it's a two, it's a yeah. two disc. Um, <clears throat> and so making sure that it's all balanced in a way that, like, you put on side A and you're engaged immediately with something hard-hitting, and then... You get a palate cleanse, and then you flip the record, mm-hmm. and that experience keeps happening. So, right. like, you know, you don't... It, yeah, it's about, it's about, <clears throat> instead of, we we would never front load. That, I don't think that's a decision. <laughs> all the hits, yeah, we all never the hits. Make, We don't yeah. have hits. We're going to have, You're right. you know, we don't have like, this, yeah. the single in a traditional capacity. Yeah. So, I think, even if you're not thinking about an LP, it's just we wanted to make sure that there was a consistent energy... Um, throughout the whole thing and that, and that you don't sort of um, so that it doesn't peter out at the end or that you're not you know it doesn't take a thousand years to get into yeah. the meat of it mm-hmm. so I mean oh, uh, so as far as I know you're the only Seattle band around now that's music has been used to score a, a pornography film <laughs> that's right that's almost uh, true oh okay I think um, I think maybe a I don't know if it was a Gazebos song or something. Oh, okay. One of those, one of that sphere of bands did something last year. So okay. that's not true. Uh, well, we, we did it better. Yeah. Can you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that the name of the movie? We did, we it, did, it, did it better. better. Uh, All right. Uh, it was called Lube, Lube Dispenser. Lube Dispenser. So can you, can you elaborate on... Yes. Was that for like Hump or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brett knows most about that one. Uh, well, wait, so uh, you know we do have a worldwide listening audience. Uh, Joseph, why don't you explain what Hump is to our listeners? Oh yeah, Hump is uh, a the Stranger is a local like uh, alternative newspaper, and they sponsor this thing every year called Hump, where it's supposed to be an amateur or anyone from the city of Seattle or maybe even outwards can produce their own adult film. 
uh, and submit it, and there's like a film festival for locally made mm -hmm. pornography. And then they destroy all the copies. So like the idea is that like right. if you know you if you're worried about this ending up on the internet, it won't. There's also a Mark Duplass movie all about it, which is not very good. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great that you brought him up and then slagged him. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> really, <laughs> he does some good stuff. I don't think. I mean, that was it was kind of okay. Watch it. You, de you decide. I, I can decide for you. Fuck you. <laughs> it's funny, Joseph used to have a job uh, doing film reviews, and that's how yeah, I was like, that's all you know. fuck you. Yeah. I was like, I didn't All of them were like, I don't know, you watch it, you decide. <laughs> yeah, they it's not my job to tell you yeah. how good this movie is. Uh, but anyway, so how did how did this uh, how did this happen? Uh, I was approached by um, a friend, uh, Jonathan, whose name's last name is totally escaping me. Do you know his last name? No. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you know What's up, Jonathan? Jonathan Jeff Blank. Is. I can't believe I'm blanking on his last name. But um, uh, he uh, sometimes fills in at uh, a local record store yeah. that I work at. Yes. Um, Everyday music. <laughs> not open not, not everyday music. Um, and um, he was starting on this project, uh, and uh, they watched a rough edit. Or actually, I don't think that it had been shot. Ooh, so that was a lie. When you're talking about a porn, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> rough Wait, so you're, you're gonna have to totally have take that. Just, no, I haven't seen that. Anyway, uh, actually, I think they were just storyboarding, and he, for some reason, kept thinking about Assange. Yeah. Um, um, and so he approached me about using it, and we had a long, deliberate conversation between the four of us about, um, you know, if that works for us and what the ramifications of that are, and... Um, we kind of said, fuck it, you know? It's I, rock and roll. It's, yeah. it's rock and roll. Yeah. And, and, you know, that it, that would, it would be used um, in that way, again, subversively, yeah. you know? Yeah, and I think we, we just, we wanted to make sure, because Brett was the conduit for this, we wanted to make sure that it was, like, sufficiently weird <laughs> yeah. like porno yeah. yeah I guess or just that like I just think at least one of my personal concerns was, was that it would was that the song would just not work or something yeah. that it that it would like just be like a regular amateur porn with this yeah like, the, like here comes the plumber and you have watched hey. pizza delivery or something yeah yeah <clears throat> um, but extra we, sausage but um <laughs> I saw it. Who who didn't? I did not see it. I didn't see it. No. You two didn't see it. You saw it. Yeah. So I think all of my fears were were uh, pretty much eviscerated yeah. from the first frame of. It's beautiful and it's, like. And you know, wait, one of you said that someone noticed that it was your song. Who was like in the theater and like didn't that happen? Or there was there was a Reddit thread in the Portland Reddit because they take it on tour. Yeah. And somebody was somebody put, I don't know what thread it was just. Are Portland, yeah. and they were like, "Hey, anybody been to Hump? Like, what was the song that was on the <laughs> Loop dispenser?" <laughs> yeah, and then somebody else like answered it for them, I think, or I don't know. Somebody but, gave a wrong answer, and then I was like, 
I just signed into Reddit on our account and told them. <laughs> like, oh. Hey, we're a local band, Seattle. <laughs> we're on Bandcamp, buy our shit. Yeah. So <laughs> now, being you know one uh, an instrumental band, a mostly instrumental band. And <laughs> can, I just, can I just say one more point? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Somehow it it actually perfectly captured the spirit of that song in that it's like the the film is like super terrifying, but they dig all of this beauty out of it. And I mean, like the film begins with, I think it's like a plastic bag over somebody's head and then, like and then a knife. somebody cutting a knife hole in Through the their mouth. mouth. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's how it starts. Like, <laughs> and the masks and yeah. like very intense fisting. A lot of fisting. Um, lots of lube. Oh, yeah, um, it was pretty hot. <laughs> but, I mean, but you know, I'm into, you know, never mind. That's great, but... <laughs> I promise that's not the last ever. Yeah, it was definitely the most visceral, terrifying porno I've ever seen, and I'm just proud to have been a part no, of it. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, oh, but I was going to say, so being like an instrumental band, a mostly instrumental band, and then also kind of, you know, not necessarily having set songs... Do you get approached by a lot of people with like horrible ideas that they want to collaborate with you on, or? Uh, actually, I don't think anything's no. ever been horrible. <laughs> it's always it's well, always been. I think it's that. always been like a way of um, figuring out a work together in a capacity that we've never worked in before, like doing something as simple as like playing for a dance class for an yeah. hour and just mm-hmm. purely improvising for yeah. well, an that's hour a good straight. Idea. Yeah. Uh, a lot of really interesting ideas end up coming out of that. And yeah, like, it probably pushes you. Know, you. Mm-hmm. And and then when we did the the alien score, you know, that was like a whole other endeavor. I but to, to answer your question yeah. more directly, like well, nothing was, nothing yeah. has ever been like now like, you know, fuck that idea. Unless unless it's been like like right off the bat, we're not interested. And then well, that's what I mean. Like, does someone come like I've written like you know fourteen hours of poetry about you know you know carrier pigeons? Can you guys? Do you guys want to collaborate? Actually, I would totally do that. They played a huge role in World War One, so there's a lot to explore there. We turned on. I mean, we like there are a lot of shows where we're like, why are you asking for us to be on this? I think we turned on most. I mean, we. Yeah, yeah we, we turned out a lot of stuff. We turned out a lot of stuff, but I don't think we've ever... We're probably more selective than maybe we should be at this stage in our career. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you know, we envisioned the... Pro- the we're, we're constantly trying to, like, sort of carve out what this project is conceptually, and we take a lot of care, um, you know, to make sure that everything that we do has integrity, artistic integrity. Um, and I think part of the vision is of this band as like you know an art ensemble as well as a band that plays shows and puts out records and shit um so and we're lucky enough to be surrounded by you know in I think people think of us also as being part of the larger art community in Seattle not just you know the music scene so there are many many we're just we're very fortunate to have a huge, a huge friend group, social circle, that just sort of is interested in collaborating and just and presents all kinds of amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're all killing the game. And they're, all, yeah. they're all just awesome, just yeah. awesome. So artists. I think we have we have we just have a great pool of, of talented people whom we trust 
such that like even if we do get the occasional dud, like it feels it that feels like an anomaly rather than yeah. being being offered really cool stuff or or pursuing cool stuff on our own. Yeah. So do do you think that sometimes like maybe you 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 kind of said like you're being too selective like do you care too much like do you think that like maybe you look back at maybe like a year or two years ago and you're like oh we should have just like let loose <laughs> a little bit more or something like, I think a year know. or two ago we were in terms of playing live yeah. we were far less selective yeah we were taking whatever <laughs> yeah I, we show. really were we were, we were playing <clears throat> weird weird gigs what's the weirdest show you ever played Ooh, that's Club K. If one comes to mind. Club no. K in Baltimore. Club, Club K, K in Baltimore. Baltimore. Club K in Baltimore was really weird because, um, so it was our second and third show basically in Baltimore, and we were we were invited by some friends of ours in um, a company called the Pendleton House, oh, yeah. which has um, since kind of changed its direction, but at the time, it was a sort of art ensemble collective. I hate that word, but an art collective, um, and they got this opportunity to perform at a festival called High Zero in Baltimore. And it was basically, they came to us and asked if we wanted to um, to improvise and, and develop a score with them over a week in kind of a residency in Baltimore. At yeah, it was a movement piece, it was contemporary dance. Right. Um, and, and High Zero is, the whole, the whole show was basically a bunch of contemporary dance with new music generally. So that was great, that was fun, that was a cool experience. And then we booked another random show at a little club called Club K. Little tiny bar. Just kind of like a Korean dance club. Oh, oh, so weird. Yeah. So weird. <laughs> and we got, okay, so. There was like 12 people there. 12 people there. They were mostly our friends. Were there other bands playing or was it basically you? There, yeah. there yeah. were a couple acts before us. Yeah. One of them was wearing a bodysuit or something. Anyway, so the show, the show was what it was and we got really wasted. That's fun. I had a great time. Yeah. No, yeah, the show was, but so after we were done performing, this dude shows up. <laughs> It gets better. Lord Superb? Is that what you're talking uh, about? I, I think I called him Grandmaster Superb. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> Lord Superb. I introduced. Okay, alright, back up. This guy, this guy walks in. He's clearly hammered. He's he, apparently doing his laundry. Yeah, he just had a laundry. To do laundry. <laughs> like a laundry. Yeah. Um, this guy. I like that he dresses up to do his laundry he, too. He yeah. said, I, he, we started talking to him. He was, he was very jovial. And he revealed to us that he was a Wu Tang Killabee. <laughs> and and upon further review, yeah, he actually was. He's oh, like, really? Yeah, yeah but, really but he's like on some like Ghostface stuff. But he like, was a disgraced like, Killabee. He yeah. was actually ousted from the Killabee. Yeah, he was exiled. He was oh, on. Yeah. I think he had a spot on Fish Scale, right? Oh yeah. wow! Yeah, right. That's so pretty interesting. It's, it's interesting, and he. But it is something you don't believe right off the bat. Right. That's no, especially that's when like, someone walks in and them, like, "I'm doing my laundry." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this major thing. Yeah. So, um, okay. So we finish our set. He was sitting at the bar, just just hammering shots. He come, and then we all go out after our set. We're in a good mood. We're chilling. We're smoking cigarettes and whatever. And he he walks outside, and and comes up and he's like, "Yo, what do you say?" So I'm like, "I gotta spit. I gotta <laughs> yeah. spit." Over you guys, and there was supposed to be one act after us. So, so I'm like, we gotta do this. Yeah, is happening. we gotta. Yeah. So I go over to the to the guy who's running the show, and I'm like, Zoot. <laughs> because we're all wasted. <laughs> we're like, Lord Superb, kill B, kill B, Master Supreme. He's, I, yeah. So we, I, yeah. So we get on. We get back on stage. The guy is pissed. He's like, okay, whatever, do it, be quick. So we get back on stage and like, and um, I. I Say, all right, we're gonna do a little encore. We're gonna bring Grandmaster Superb, <laughs> oh, this is or Grandmaster Supreme on stage, <laughs> and, and the three of you guys are just like, 
because we thought it was like a pretty cool opportunity. And he so. comes up and he like grabs the the mic and he's like, "It's Lord Superb." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then you know. Right. Uh, Barnum and Bailey. Yeah, it's not a circus. I mean, basically, no, Barnum he, and Bailey. I think he laid on the floor on his back, and then we, I think the four of us improvised. Oh yeah, I just started just hitting, like hitting beats and looping him. Yeah. Very, very, like, I want to say that it was like Jay Dilla drunk, like in the pocket, <laughs> but it was just drunk. Like, <laughs> <laughs> really, really not together. Yeah. And it went for like six minutes. Tyler got some video of it, actually. Yeah, there's video that exists of, of these three, because I was like, I'm too drunk to fucking play anything <laughs> right now, so I just let them do their thing. Man, it, you know, it'd be really fun, like, documentary to go around and find all the, like, Outer Rim members of the Wu-Tang Clan. Like, yeah. every, like everyone who's just, like, had one verse yeah. on one Isn't thing. Isn't there a dude who, like, cut his penis off and jumped out a window? Yes, that's, that is true. Wait, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, he went, like, uh, he was, like, doing drugs and, like, going crazy. Yeah, he, like, cr- yeah, he cut his penis off or something. and he jumped off a building. Yeah. <laughs> that would Did he survive? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah, they can do things these days. Uh, okay, so, you know... <laughs> that motion of you cutting off your penis, I wish the lesson. Well, live stream. Yeah, we got a live stream. Segway that. Well, I was going to say, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're getting towards the end, and uh, one of the things Joseph brought it up that we haven't gotten to is uh, you guys uh, scored the movie Alien at right. the Northwest Film Forum. And live. Live. And, you know, I mean, from my perspective, like, when I heard that, I was really excited. And then it was great because you guys were a little bit turdy. You're a little bit tardy. Turdy? Turdy. <laughs> I don't feel turdy. Uh, and so everyone, you know, showed up, you know, more or less on time, but it couldn't be let into the theater. And so like the 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 lobby was like completely filled. I mean, it was a sold the film form was sold out and everyone was in the lobby waiting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was actually kind of like made the experience like a little bit better because there's anticipation uh, built up. That's because per usual we didn't have all the shit we need to actually play a show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't um, remember what we, we were, were missing. missing like one XLR, yeah, plug, or something. One, <laughs> like <that>. <laughs> <laughs> our, our sound dude, um, our the the guy we collaborate with for every show, and then also for all our recordings, uh, Will Smith. He saves our life every single time, and so he like ran to Greenwood or somewhere. I don't know. That's Big Willie style. That's Big Willie <laughs> style. Will Smith, the the same. He was so mad when he got back after like running across town to buy this fucking XLR cable and we hadn't even switched the monitors on. <laughs> he, was like, he was like, what the fuck, guys? He's freaking out. <laughs> but saves our lives, like always. So, yeah, I mean, it, you, I mean, I mean, it wasn't improvised, was it? No. Okay. Parts of it. How many times did you watch the movie Alien while you were writing? Ninety-seven. So many fucking times. Yeah. But so then you watched it in like parts, right? Didn't you like kind we, of? Break we all it got down? together and like we had the one like let's just order watch pizza and like drink beer and just watch the movie and chill and not and not worry about like yeah. not be critical and thinking about oh what are we gonna do here and there. We did that and then I think we. We pieced it out after that. Yeah, we kind of came at it like uh, a bunch of film students. Actually, we we like we we found a bunch of uh, overarching themes, um, and we wrote like a lot of writing. We wrote mantras for each of the characters. Not not specifically like Ripley and 
you know, I, we did, we did, Horses. yeah, for, yeah. We, we had a human theme, and we had an alien theme, and we had a, 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 a machine theme, and all of those things were interplaying uh, against each other, and that actually made it a lot easier, because we had compartmentalized, you know, we, we divided the work up, because now we had these major themes, and, and then it was really just about, like, connecting them and making them work together. Mm-hmm. So. We also made a... Um we put together a video uh, for ourselves. That's why we had that Mac in front of us, where we just had the we had the uh, movie running in time yeah. up there. But I had overlaid it with countdowns and cues oh, and wow. stuff. So, That's so awesome. if something was coming up, it would say, "Okay, this scene change is going to happen, or this theme is going to come up." Then that like, would this us. is a cat scare. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of jump <laughs> yeah. scares. So we had to be able to hit those. Yeah. Oh yeah! Wow, that's really yeah. Now, smart. smart. <laughs> the, the the yeah. tricky thing. Jesus Christ. The tricky thing is that uh, the copy that we had um, uh-huh. ended up being. It must have been one. It was so frame. Well, there's frames. there's a thing called drop frame in in uh, video where it'll be it won't be like 24 frames per second, but it'll be like 23.976 or something yeah. like that. And I think what happened was. The Blu-ray that they were playing or whatever was drop frame and mine wasn't. So those those little fractions of a second added up. Add, yeah. So by the end of it, we were about a second off. So so what happened? Uh, fortunately, was our video was running faster than what was happening on screen. So we would like there'd be a, a countdown. Like we started noticing it. Um, yeah, maybe about halfway through the movie um, and. It was like, you know, like there'd be a bright flash on our screen and it would be dark behind us. Yeah. And then immediately afterwards, there'd be a flash and we were like, oh, crap, like this is starting to get out of sync. But uh, it worked out because our our video was going faster. So we would just like kind of intuit yeah. a little bit extra time. Yeah. And it, that was dilating. It was getting it, it bigger and bigger <laughs> as true. as the movie. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Brett kept leaning over. He was like, <laughs> 40 like three quarters of a second <laughs> so I mean first of all you know for the people that didn't see it it was unbelievable like I was anxious when I left like it was like it was almost like uh, I got I got at the end like a 45 minute panic attack it's like <laughs> perfect uh, but the thing that impressed me most about it was you know because so there's a lot of like, jump scares and a lot of things that you guys build up to that paid off but then immediately you kind of like brought the audience down and like you know and those parts I think were like kind of like to me the most impressive because it's easy to like build up to something and then like you know bam hit you with it mm-hmm. but in it was those parts that yeah like immediately afterwards because it was like you can't just have there be silence mm-hmm. and so yeah I mean that was the biggest struggle even with like getting Northwest Film Forum to agree to let us do that film initially uh, Courtney Sheehan the director there was kind of like how like what are you going to do with dialogue she they all the ones that have been done previ- uh, previously in that series had not been dialogue driven yeah, type of films yeah film mostly silent films abstract sort of art films um, so she kind of just put it in our hands and trusted us with it but yeah, that was that was really hard to figure out like how to fill that over without it just being a bunch of like yeah because we didn't want we didn't want people to lose the context of what was going on yeah. yeah and so some of it you know ended up being like kind of like augmented foley work you know where we were making like the click clacks of of the machinery in you know and then and then we'd kind of like 
wean from that, oh, maybe we could like turn this into something more rhythmic, yeah. uh, you know, or like we could introduce a melody here and like, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, like at no point was, because like, I was, because you announced that you were, you were going to do this like a few months beforehand. Well, yeah. I remember when Brett came in to the store and was like, do you have uh, Alien on Blu-ray or anything? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I still have that copy. <laughs> There you go. Uh, if you go into Spin Cycle looking for this Blu-ray and you can't find it, that's the reason. I got it. But, uh, Sorry, but yeah, I was thinking, I was like, yeah, it's like, you know, there, there are like long stretches that aren't necessarily exciting or anything like that, but you, you, you made it good the whole way through. Um, and I really liked when someone would go on a computer, because there's a lot of time when people go on computers and they read information, mm-hmm. and you created this like... <laughs> but it worked really well. It didn't come off as cheesy. It worked really well. And then, yeah, that happened several times. That was times. really tough. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that was, was mostly him. It was, that was kind of my, a lot of my job because I do, I do, I trigger all the samples for the most part. Um, a lot of my job was doing that sort of ambient, noisy stuff. And it was, <laughs> I kept coming up with these little things that sounded super Mickey Mouse and like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and in fact, most of it stayed there, but, um, but we figured out ways to make it sound cool and not weird. Uh, and then how does it feel to like put so much effort into something that could not be really commercially released because of copyright laws? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> and we, length, too. We, we've been wrestling with that. We have a, we have it recorded, and uh, uh, actually pretty recently I listened to it. I think we all, all listened to it pretty recently, uh, you know, kind of out of context, and it sounds awesome. Sounds cool. Um, it's, a, it's a long You know, it's two, two hours long. Yeah. Um, but Could you release it just as it is without... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think um, you know we've we've talked about putting it out or also putting out our source video of the countdowns without without the oh, without Alien. Yeah. Just taking the, the thing out so, of it. and so, then doing kind of a Wizard of Oz thing. Like yeah, we, just we sort of, have it synced just up. Just sort of put it out there. Like, if you yeah. watch this with Alien, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna give you guys a little a little scoop. We'll never say this again. <laughs> but when this thing does come out, hit play when the searchlight on the Fox logo mm-hmm. when they pass. The third mm. time. The third time. The third time. Okay. Well, it. You Man, it's like I'm three. seeing it right now with yeah. your eyes. <laughs> three. On that third one? Yeah. Yeah. On so that third one? Also uh, so you you hinted uh, a little bit about working with Will Smith. Uh, so he is not technically a member of the band, but he does all of your basically all of your sound. Yeah. How is that relationship? I mean, it reminds me of Mission to uh, to Burma or Mission to Burma, where they had a sound guy too, just kept looping things around. They really depended on him, but he wasn't yeah, but, I mean, really in the band. Yeah, but Will. I'm sorry, <laughs> Will just just does sound. Like he occasionally plays cello, but basically he just is your sound guy. We had him play cello on an Alien score. And that's it. I think that was oh, okay. pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he, that was it. Yeah, he just is our devoted sound engineer. He just gives a shit and he cares. He's a and wizard. He, yeah. He's really good. He's, he's a, an incredibly good engineer um, for, you know, for being, I mean, he's green. He's, he's young as any of us, but um, he's, he's really great at that. He's he, he puts out a lot of fires. Um, in live context, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, if you, yeah. Ever, if you ever want to piss off any house sound dude ever, just bring Will Smith. He'll make but, you sound great, but the, oh, the yeah. sound guys will 
They absolutely hate him. I feel like sound guys can be really hard to deal with. It's not a problem. If it, it yeah. really, if the venue has has a capable sound system, it's hunky dory. Yeah. Yeah. But he just doesn't. If if the sound system is underpowered at a venue, he takes personal offense. Yeah. <laughs> and, and will. Which is what we want. He just great, no. Yes. He makes us sound like we're meant to sound, not like how the house sound guy wants us. Yeah. To be, yeah. So we've so we've, we've blown so. out. We've blown fuses and we've yeah freaked out sound guys and but, stuff. Yeah, well, we've if you're one of those sound guys and you want to come on the show and tell your side of the story, email us at accentsonpurposepodcast at gmail.com. That's right. <laughs> we answer every letter. I would, I would love to have, uh, like, you know, if, if someone made, like, a DVD or, like, a movie about you guys as, like, a bonus feature, just interviews with sound guys. <laughs> like, a montage. Those guys. I don't think I'm, we've ever done it. Irreparable damage. Kremlerk yeah. was close. Kremlerk was close. Kremlerk was close. We almost blew their power conditioner. Yeah, they were. Smith would tell you for would go on for thousands of years of why they have a terrible <laughs> power conditioner. But uh, so Kremlerk, <laughs> if you're listening, put put your stuff on more than one power conditioner. Yeah, just saying. Yeah, everyone knows about power conditioners. <laughs> uh, I like that place, but that place is weird. It, it, it wasn't doesn't, right it, for us. It doesn't feel. Con- it's just. It's too. Like there's too much concrete. It's, it's great. It's, it's a great, great DJ, DJ spot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't DJ think it spot. caters to. At least like me, I, I think it's cool that it exists, but there's never anything going on there that I really want to go to. Yeah. So Wait, for your guys, you weren't you weren't at the DJ Antwerd after party that we DJed. No. Yeah. Had a show at the Paramount and then an after party at Kremwerk and we DJed it and they never showed it. Yeah. And then they didn't show up to their own frickin' after party. That sounds like something you would do, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying that only to Brett. <laughs> Pretty true. It's true. Yeah. We can be very oblique. So back to the uh, back to the record. Who's releasing it? It's a very good question. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Thank, you. Know. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. That's a compliment. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, we mix. In a couple days, we finish it on Wednesday. Get it done on Wednesday, um, and then yeah, uh, time to find. A You're gonna shop it. Randall yeah, has some ideas. Off. Yeah, Randall. Randall expressed that he um, wants to sort of take the the initial reins on that. Um, he has some relationships with labels that he's just sort of accrued over years of... Uh, Any ones you can mention? Or? No, you know, Not that we can't. can mention because we don't want to, like, yeah. jinx it. Yeah, we can't. But uh, we can. I think we could say as much as... Um, sub he's, he's Yeah, definitely sub-pop. They're <laughs> totally interested. Um, <laughs> he, he's going to Europe in a couple weeks, and a couple of the labels are actually European labels. So you're going to charge all your fan import prices. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> 20 pounds. $30 record, no download code. We have, <laughs> yeah, we have some options. We have a couple... <clears throat> local things on the table, too, but we're keeping our options open. Do you think any of these labels are going to sign Brett since he doesn't have a driver's license? I or do have a driver's license. license. You got, you got got Woo! I got one. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, was, that's one the first time in uh, in two years, everybody. We're all really happy about it. Yeah. Uh, well, because yeah. there was a time that you folks played at the High Line, and beforehand, the door guy went around with the cashier room's ID, and Brett had, like, a Xerox piece of paper that over oh, the expired <laughs> oh ID. No, he tried From to Oregon. show his, uh, his liquor license. That's yeah, right, because probably. I didn't have a, a valid ID, so I tried to show my liquor license. And so, and so until the band started, Brett wasn't allowed to be in the bar, and you went and did karaoke down the street. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Do you know what song you sang? 
invariably, I sang some Prince. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Brett is actually uh, really good at karaoke. Uh, once I had to go to a sort of ex's birthday party. <laughs> That's right. That I mean, we'd we'd never dated, but we there'd been something. And, <laughs> and she really wanted me to come to her birthday party. I, she was dating someone, and I didn't want to go alone. And Brett was like, karaoke, I'll go. Yeah. And Brett just went in, didn't know anyone, just kept putting his name down. And, like, every other song would be Brett. Yeah, they uh, they actually stopped putting me in. Yeah, because yeah. no one else was singing. <laughs> but at first, everyone was like, wow, who is this guy? And I'm like, oh, he comes free with the room. You can, like, rent a really good singer to make your karaoke, karaoke parties more fun. It should be. Yeah. Brett's either really great at karaoke or really bad at it, depending on what your criteria for good karaoke is. Because what <laughs> yeah. Brett does is he murders it and is like a, an amazing vocalist, which to me is completely not the point of karaoke. Oh, yeah, right. right. Yeah. Actually, it pisses a lot of people off. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really funny to watch somebody who's like up next just go like, Man, fuck this guy. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. I <laughs> fall to pieces. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's so stupid about being in a four-piece instrumental band with like, like, two really excellent singers, Brett and Jordan. Well, it should be noted within like the first five minutes of knowing Brett, Randall labeled him the wild card of the band. So I, it's like yeah, yeah. completely that's accurate. That's true. Yeah, I saw Danny do karaoke once. That's true. The so did I. Yep. I wish. Can I we had just do a roundtable favorite karaoke song? I only, I only do Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, Bohemian. Uh, I usually do Bowie's Let's Dance. Oh, I have to do I like that. And, and I did that before he died. Um, and now I'll probably never do it again. <clears throat> okay. Mm. I don't do it that often, but probably Fleetwood Max's Chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I've been on a big Dixie Chicks kick, but uh, probably maybe Angel from Montgomery by, originally by John Prime, but the only version they usually have is the Bonnie Raitt version. Mm-hmm. Um... It's probably the beautiful ones by Prince. That's um, I always get the underwear going down with "Wicked Game" <laughs> by uh, Chris Isaac. Mm. And Kiss from We all we also love Kiss from Jupiter. Yeah, yeah. It's our band is really probably heavily influenced by that song. Kiss I think it's about karaoke. When we have writer's block, we go to we go to karaoke. Yeah, that's actually not all that false. I've been trying to make my own karaoke songs lately, but only only like weird YouTube people. Like Mark Gormley yes. is the one I'm working on right now. Oh, that's Little so Wings. Good. I was so good. Wait, can we hear? Wait, 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 can Gary find that song? Yes. Little yeah. Wings by Mark Gormley. Here we go. It's Great. amazing. Little Wings, can you make the fight? The rain is getting heavy. There's a storm tonight. Oh, so far from home, the ocean goes below. Will you make the morning light? Oh, little wings in flight. That was great. I really enjoyed that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just have one, one like quick thing to say. Uh, Kelton Sears called us out on on the podcast with you guys way back, oh. saying that get our asses into making a full length record. So. <laughs> Yeah. It's happening. Who's laughing now, Kelton? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be another eight months. Before it's out, 
Yeah. Uh, I love when guests call out other guests. It happens so rarely, but it's, it's fun. It, I know. I want. I want people to come on here to settle beefs. Oh, and yeah. start beefs. So much beefs. Yeah. Even though you're a vegetarian. Do we have beefs? Oh. Do we? <laughs> I don't know. If we have any beefs. Kelton. We want uh, some. Yeah. not a beef. Yeah, you can start <laughs> one too. Just call out a band that you Kellen's got. not a beef. You don't want to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Midday the... Vale, you're going down. Oh, okay. <laughs> you 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 left the milk out again at the house. You're yeah. fucking going down. <laughs> Alright, uh, I think that's about it. Uh, it's another episode. Yeah. Uh, we we came up with a lot of segments and we didn't do any of them. So that's absolutely true. So next we've week, been working out more segments, but uh, yeah. Uh, so next week's guest is going to be awesome as soon as they return our email. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we've been actions on purpose. Uh, I want to say thanks, New Xis. They yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, boys. Soon-ish. All right. Peace.